The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Friday, September 15th, 2023, season 19, episode number 32. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break. We are live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the start. It's our job today to get you guys ready for Cowboys versus Jets. That's happening this Sunday at AT&T Stadium. It is the home opener for the Cowboys. They are looking to go to 2-0. Jets also looking to go 2-0. So it'll be a fun game, interesting game. Lots of things for us to talk about today. We're going to start... With uh, some injury updates, there were uh, several. There are several players that are still on the injury report. Uh, so, Patrick, give me some updates. What are we looking at? Yes, we're going to try to navigate around Ambar's panic um, in seeing Zach Martin appear on the injury <laughs> oh, report. Oh, yes. <laughs> I was we're, like, hold on, we're gonna, oh, okay, we're, are you kidding me? We're going to work through this, okay? Uh. Let's just breathe. We're going to work <laughs> through this. Um, because uh, Zach Martin, yes, he did pop up on the injury report as limited in yesterday's practice, which was a full practice with a groin issue slash injury. Um, but in Zach Martin's weekly address to 105.3 from the fan on yesterday. Look at you. Yeah, Mr. Said, Broadus. He said, quote, unquote, I'm good, just dealing with some tightness. They were taking care of me today, end quote. So it sounds as if nothing major that at all. That kind of day. Yeah, just yeah. that kind okay. of day. And, you know, it's a veteran guy, so, you know, be extra precautious. So um, no concern there for Zach Martin. Let's fingers crossed that stays that way because we don't want Ambar to panic. Uh, Donovan Wilson, great news. Or Dak. Or, or the Cowboys. That's fair. Okay, let's, if something happens to a guy like Zach, yeah, we're all that's full panic yeah, mode. That, we're yeah, all panicking. No doubt. Uh, good news. Donovan Wilson upgraded to limited. That w- was his first padded practice participation since suffering his hamstring injury in the first week of training camp. Oh, calf injury, I'm sorry, since the first week of training camp. So and that was before they had on pads. So yeah. this is the first yeah. time having exactly. on pads since last season. Since last season. Yeah. So Donovan Wilson, it just made a huge leap toward uh, getting on the field on Sunday. Brandon Cooks, he was DNP, did not participate on yesterday, which was expected based on what Mike McCarthy said yesterday morning. Uh, he'll likely be in the rehab group again today. Uh, that's, that's what was intimated by G- general manager and owner Jerry Jones on the fan this morning not you know 30 minutes ago so but he also said that there's a long way to go between now and kickoff so they're not making any kind of determinations on Brandon Cooks right now he said quote unquote it's not like he needs the reps so sounds like Cooks could be a game time decision but if he doesn't practice that doesn't exclude him from playing Uh, let's see we got Tyler Smith Sounds like Tyler Smith probably not going to go. We'll see how it plays out. But Jerry Jones on the fan this morning did not sound optimistic at all. Uh, and then when you combine that with what Mike McCarthy has been saying this week, just doesn't seem to be the case. He Jerry did say that Tyler is, quote-unquote, the least uh, – probable to play to be active this Sunday against the Jets. So it sounds like it's going to be another round for Chuma Idoga. Uh, and who else we got? We got Tyron Smith. He was a full participant in both of these practices. So I'm going to turn it really quickly to the Jets because here's what's interesting to me from the Jets standpoint. One, something that we saw yesterday, Brees Hall, Makai Becton, and Dwayne Brown, they're all still limited even though Thursday was a full practice for the Jets. So they're still limited. And we talk about stopping Brees Hall. We talk about Cowboys defensive front against the Jets. Um, O-line, Jets O-line not healthy. Brees Hall dealing with a knee issue. Greg Zerline is now 50-50 
to play against the Cowboys. Now, for me, this is where this is why this that information is is key. If he does play, he's obviously playing on a hurt groin, one that's hurt to the point where they're considering sitting him. How does that impact uh, Robert Sellers' offensive game plan and Nathaniel Hackett's offensive game plan? Does that make them more aggressive because they know that they might not have the distance that they normally have as far as field goal attempts for Greg Zerline? Also, would that give a guy like Kevontae Turpin more opportunities um, in the kick return game because Zerline, if he's if he's the place kicker with a hurt groin, maybe that minimizes or eliminates the possibility of touchbacks. So something to keep an eye on there, ladies and gentlemen. Does Greg Zerline play? And if he does, He's not completely healthy. What does that do for the Jets? One thing to note about Greg Zerline, while he was here, uh, there was talk that he Groin. didn't have the same level of distance that he once did. Mm-hmm. His leg wasn't as strong as it once was. I wonder how much a, a groin, going to your point, how much a groin injury affects that even more. Yeah. When you talk about distance, uh, that, that I think may it's become an one. issue for them. Yeah, That's a big one. But give me a, a, a pulse on what you guys think if, if Brandon Cooks can't go for the Cowboys how much does that affect this team and what they're trying to do offensively I think it affects them a lot I really do I, and and it, it puts a lot more pressure on Michael Gallup maybe that's what you want as a Cowboy fan to for him to have to to get more of an opportunity it puts a lot of pressure on Jalen Tolbert that, as well fine. there it you is. know and so you've got two guys right there you know you're everybody it was it was nice to see Gallup have a reception in that game the other day to start the second half. Uh, but, yeah, Brandon Cooks, uh, against this secondary, you're going to need guys that find ways to separate. You're in the, you know, Not that Tolbert and, and Gallup can't do that, but the one guy that consistently, besides Lamb, that could separate is Cooks. You know, so if it turns into, you, you know, there has to be a sureness of the way you run a route, there has to be some separation there if you can gain it because this secondary will make it difficult for you, and their pass rush will make it difficult for you too. So to me, if it's um, – I, I would say that it, it's one of those – one of those serious things, if you're, you know, like we Ambar would talk about, if you were to take Zach Martin out, I think taking Brandon Cooks out is just as important, just from the the standpoint of of how I potentially can move the football in this game. Yeah. Without a Brandon Cooks, I mean, this offense completely changes in my eyes. I think he's that extra little cherry on top that brings the spark in, spark into the offense that we haven't seen it working. F- in full go just yet. We haven't seen the passing game be at its best just yet. So they're still trying to find that game, uh, obviously different weather conditions here. But also here in the comments, you Brian, you broke down the defense. We heard yesterday, I believe it was uh, Micah Parsons talking about this is a really really good defense and he even jokingly mentioned it to Dak like hey you guys gotta take it serious because it's a tough defense to go up against so you talk about possibly losing that type of element speed I think it does change your game a little bit but you still have other guys that you can still use we saw uh, again we talked about Kevonta Turpin what he was able to do hopefully that's something that becomes more of a consistent in a consistent basis because that hasn't happened yet but um we'll see and he did Brendan Cooks he did mention like if he wasn't 100% he wouldn't be playing so I'm really curious to see 
what his actual condition is and what the medical staff really thinks. I think I think that if 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 it was a legitimate knee sprain, I don't think he plays. No, oh, yeah. I, sure. I mean, I that's where, and I think that you know when Patrick got to visit with him in mm-hmm. the locker room, and others have got to talk to him, and you know that that Jerry Jones is talking about that. Well, he doesn't need to have reps and all that. I, I think that you know it, it. It in that regard, it does bode well. I, I'm like I say, I just feel like where this team is at right now, you need as many people stressing this defense out as you can, and you take him out. There, there's that stress level goes away for the Jets, and so I, you know, I this I, I want to believe this guy is going to play. I, I want to because if if it was if it was as doom and gloom as everybody, you know, I mean, there were some reports yesterday coming out about, you know, you know knee sprain, knee sprain, knee sprain. I'm thinking, well, he's not going to play. But the fact that you know that he is where he's at, I think there's a possibility that he does play. I think it. I think it goes to the wire in the aspect of I think the Cowboys hold him out of today's walkthrough and tomorrow's walkthrough as well and just use this as an, as an ice week for him, so to speak, so that it's as rested and as good as possible going against the Jets. Because to answer your question, Derek, I think it'd be a really big loss. Now, yeah. yes, to Ambar's point, you have other horses in the stable. You have Michael Gallup, who you're going to task with stepping up. You have Jalen Tobert, who would love for to have this opportunity, especially this early in the season, because that young man's champing at the bit to get out there and show that training ends. camp and preseason wasn't a fluke. Um, and I love what you said about Kevontae Turpin, because that's what I was thinking as well, as like a, a third body who could potentially be, you know, someone who can get separation, who can give that Brandon Cooks esh esque kind of uh, quickness in space and on quick routes and stuff like that. And then that would, by default, maybe that brings Deuce Vaughn more into the backfield and gets Deuce Vaughn. Um, so I, I'm involved. I'm, I'm assuming that if Brandon Cooks doesn't play, obviously the Cowboys are going to have a contingency plan for that. For me, that's going to be a package of Gallup um, with Tolbert, and then you mix in Kevontae Turpin as well, which, you know, like I said, should allow Deuce more reps in the backfield. But, I mean, there's no way to sugarcoat it. If Cooks is off of the field, that's you just took a nuke out of the equation. I, I mean, Michael Gallup is capable. Turpin is capable. Tolbert, he's shown he's capable in preseason and training camp, not just yet in a, in a regular season game. But none of those guys, and no disrespect to him, but none of those guys have Cooks's skill set. But I'm with Brian. I feel like uh, it's going to come down to the wire, but I think Cooks plays. Yeah, I, I, I think that you're back to, if he doesn't play, you're back to what you were last year, which yeah. is if they can figure out a way to neutralize. Hopefully, Lamb, with a better Tolbert, though. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You can you can Personnel make the wise, argument. Yes. You can make yeah. the argument that you think Gallup is going to be better. You can make the argument that you think Tolbert will be better. We have not seen that yet, though, right? And that's Fair. the part. Like until you see it, you don't know if you can necessarily trust it in these games. Yeah. And what we saw last season was if teams could figure out a way, particularly there at the end of the season, they could figure out a way to take C.D. Lamb out of the game. Then that that had a big effect. Then, your, t- then your tight ends yeah. got to step up big. No that's, doubt, that's going to no be another another uh, layer to it as well. Is is you know stretching the mid, uh, like taxing the middle of the field, applying pressure to the middle yeah. of the field, and those linebackers. So if Cooks is not on the field, I mean you need your tight ends to step up and make these catches anyway. And I, I think they are going to be tasked with doing that much more so than they were in inclement weather in New York. But without Cooks on the field, you got somebody Changes else that has, has. Well, to I mean, and how much now does that mean that Lamb plays slot? Right. You know, and now and so to me the the matchup of him and Michael Carter in the slot favors the Cowboys. Right. But do the Jets counter by saying, Well, we'll stick Reed or we'll stick 
Sauce Gardner in the slot. We're not going to let you. Well, make them move him. They yeah, don't, that's they what don't I'm saying. They him, don't right? want to move him yeah. now. The, they if you if you watch when they got down in the red zone, there was one series where they flipped the corners, where they put Sauce on the right side and brought Reed. And I wonder if it had to do with they felt like that that Buffalo was a right-handed team, that the way that they used their red zone offense is they attacked the right. Because mm-hmm. when you see the the flow, it always seems like it's the quarterback, it was the flow. Everything is going to the right side there. And maybe they felt like that you know, with Reed, maybe he'd be a little bit more physical over there. But you, you, you have to figure out. And, and the fact that they've probably, well, not probably, they've practiced all week without Cooks. You know, I'm sure that they have a really good slot plan, right? Uh, because, you know, they, I would find, I would find as many ways possible to get Turpin, or excuse me, uh, okay, Turpin or Tolbert mm-hmm. on Sauce, Sauce. Gardner. Yeah, there you go. Yep. I am going to figure out. You are going to cover somebody all day. I'm going to make you just run today. Yep. I'm not going to let you I'm probably not going to throw a ball your direction, but I'm going to make you run all day today. Yep. And 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 not play in this game. Yep. Because I'm not if I don't have Cooks, I got to now find a way to use Lamb in another way to kind in of create a favorable matchup. In a right? favorable matchup. Yeah. yeah, that's my idea. Yep, I'm with you. All right, we're going to take our first break when we come back. Let's start diving into this game. we got some questions on that. We'll get some keys of the game. Uh, Amber has a game for us in the final segment, and then we'll get our picks. We're going to get some picks today, see what everybody thinks is going to happen this Sunday. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you back to the break rally days presented by seat geek give nfl fans an experience of a lifetime the day prior to the dallas cowboys home game uh 
On September 16th, enjoy activities at Miller Lighthouse and get a behind-the-scenes tour of AT&T Stadium and more. Visit AT&TStadium.com slash Rally Days for more information and to get your tickets today. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. This segment is presented to you by Blockchain.com. Here's a, a question I have for you guys. I was watching the game last night. The uh, Eagles, they get the win. Uh, but it, it became very apparent to me, I think, looking at the football I watched last weekend and then watching again last night, I think across the league, defenses are quite a bit ahead of offenses. And my question for you is, do you agree with that statement? Uh, and if so, what do you think is the reason for that? Uh, I do agree, and I think it's uh, largely in part due to the fact that, you know, more often than not, head coaches just want to protect their starters in the preseason. It's particularly offensively when you're talking about, you know, franchise quarterbacks and key offensive linemen, because you don't want to lose an offensive lineman. You see around the league that OL depth is an issue, you know, particularly here in Dallas as well behind those five starters. Um, But when you have a situation where often, you have these head coaches that are like, you know what, we're not going to risk it or we're going to greatly minimize the number of reps that our starters have in the preseason, kind of still using, trying to use the third game, which would typically be the dress rehearsal in a four-game scenario in preseason, still trying to get those guys some reps, if any reps at all. But when you don't have those preseason reps, then you're going to have your offenses come out and they're trying to find themselves. And then you have a situation like in Dallas. But don't you feel that like, during training camps, the offense are the ones who have the advantage at practices in one-on-ones <laughs> yeah in one-on-ones but, but I, th- I think i don't know i think they get a different kind of work the offense versus mm-hmm. what the defense is actually doing because we know the defense cannot be full go so in the scenario you're presenting you're killing me with those eyes i don't know but i think in this scenario you're presenting i was agreeing with you at first how it makes perfect sense but then i started thinking of how training camp usually is and it's the opposite where i feel like the deep the the offense is actually getting more quote-unquote valuable work and being in sync with players and throwing those passes as opposed to what the defense are doing well, in the, the tackling and all that. Then let's add in the context of, let's take the Cowboys, for example, right? Uh, the Cowboys, you have a new play caller, right? And maybe somewhere else in the league, you have a new play caller or it's a second-year guy like Nathaniel Hackett or whatever the case may be. So you have a new play caller or a new-ish play caller, and they're trying to do installs. Whereas if you flip it, if you keep it to the data side, Dallas as an example, this is Dan Quinn's system. And for the most part, this is his same assistant coaching staff. And for the most part, they were able to prevent attrition and turnover and free agency and things like that. So that defensive unit, this defensive unit in Dallas is pretty much whole and it's a continuation. But when you have Cowboys, they were adding in Brandon Cooks and then Jalen Tobert was trying to get some burn. Kevontae Turpin's trying to get some burn. Let's mix in Hunter Lipke. Hey, let's throw in Deuce Vaughn as well. Oh, by the way, Zach Martin had a holdout. So from that context, the Cowboys offense, if we're using that as just a microcosm of the mm-hmm. example, was did not have the advantage in training camp. So, yeah, the defense would come out. And that's why the defense, yes, there was rain and everything as well. But the defense, even on a clear sky in New York, I believe the defense would have still had the advantage over what we would have expected to see from the offense. But then you tie it into, generally speaking, from a macro, if 
the trend continues wherein head coaches are, and I'm completely on board with it. Check the receipts. I don't want franchise players playing in the preseason. I'm fine with that. But, yeah, it's going to take a little bit, you know, one or two weeks for those offenses to catch up with the opposing defenses because, to me, the defenses have the lead. There's just not good enough offensive linemen in the league. There's that. That's the problem. <laughs> mm-hmm. When you watch these games and you, every team has that problem. We work on the draft show every year and we talk about there's there's outstanding defensive players in this league. The Russians, the the rush at the edges, the tackles, uh linebackers, the front seven, the ability to cover is so much better now. You don't have enough you don't have enough offensive linemen. You you're playing if you're you're lucky if you have one or two that are really, really good. And what happens is that puts a lot of pressure on your offense when you're inability to block. Mm-hmm. You saw a great example of that the other day in the Cowboys game. Giants have worked on their offensive line. They don't have it right. You know, what happened? They got exposed. Teams, look, look what happened with Minnesota. I mean, th- those, those teams, everybody's got situations with their offensive line. There's just not enough good offensive linemen to go around. The draft has been a little better for the top of the draft for some teams, but there's also been a lot of misses there. More what defensive. What needs to happen? What needs to happen with the, like the college players? The prob- The real problem is though that that there it's harder to find offensive linemen just because of their size. You know, you could take converted running backs and make them edge rushers. You could mm-hmm. take converted uh you could take converted i mean we've seen guys like quarterbacks we've seen running backs we've seen you know you can convert players to play bulk them up and play other positions it's hard yeah yeah, it's hard Mm -hmm. it's hard to find offensive line bodies the one thing offensive linemen have come a little bit better and the way that teams uh, the way that uh, we we've got the seven on seven in high school football with the it's all about passing. Mm-hmm. Well, where do we work the offensive linemen in these drills? Mm-hmm. Where where do we develop offensive linemen? It, a lot of it is natural ability, and they were brought up. Well, hey, you're not a you're not an edge. You're a a right tackle or you're a left tackle. You know, it's it's very very rare that we have enough of these guys, especially and the the way the game is throwing the ball every snap. These guys don't develop as run blockers. They really don't. I mean, you're fortunate to have a guy like like Terrence Steele, who's complete opposite. Yeah. He is a much better run blocker than he is a pass blocker. But there's a lot of guys in college, and he came from a school at, at Texas Tech that threw the ball every single snap. But it, that's that that's just that rare development. But you don't have, you just don't have guys going and playing high school, college. NFL offensive line. It's easier to convert position like, okay, well, I'm going to take this running back and make him an edge. Put some weight on him. Next thing you get a 248-pound guy screaming off the edge trying to go up against a tackle that is not athletic enough to handle that. That's a big problem right now. And you look at the the athletes, a lot of them are opting to play defensive line. Yeah. And I think it's because you can use your athleticism in a way that's probably a little more fun. Like yeah. I just think you got a lot more athletes coming out. You look at the defensive tackles around the league. You can go to almost every team and find a really good defensive tackle these days. Especially that this division, not, yeah. Yeah, that used to yeah. not be the case. Yeah. A three technique on, on almost every team, you'll find a really good one. Right. And, uh, and that used to not be the case. And I think no. it's because over time – 
they've gotten a little more a little better because athletes are choosing that position because they know there's opportunity. There. The next position and that's going to die yeah. is running backs. Mm. Right. Kids yeah. are not oh, going to yeah. play running backs. Yeah. We're going to yeah. start to well, see. Parents will be like, eh, yeah, that, that ain't well, no money in but there. But that's, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. And, you know, you, some of these running backs in college, the way they're used, the NIL money will be better than the money they make in the NFL. Yeah. And and it's it's just we're going to come to a point where colleges are going to start to use receivers like what San Francisco's doing in as they're just running backs, the Debo Samuels yeah. and those kinds of guys. And you saw what Debo was like. He was like, yeah. don't, don't make me a running back. Yeah, he was like, don't pay me like a running uh, back. You can use me a little bit there, yeah. but I'm a, I'm a receiver. Let's yeah. be clear. I'm a receiver. I think I think more and more players will be like, make sure you <laughs> yeah. keep the me last, over at receiver. Right. The last yeah. one's like Money. this draft was incredible. The B. John Robinsons and yeah. others in this draft. But it is going to become a dying position because it's they're just not going to use them anymore. The people are not. I'm not I don't want to. I don't want to play running back. Play me at linebacker. Play me at. Uh, play me somewhere else. Yep. You know? All right. Um, let's get into Cowboys versus Jets. Uh, let's talk first about Garrett Wilson. He's the wide receiver for the Jets. Uh, very talented wide receiver. Yeah. I know you said yesterday, Brian, that he's a guy that kind of can move around. Talk to me a little bit about what you guys think the matchup looks like, him against Diggs, Gilmore, and Bland, because if he's moving around, he may be, uh, either of those three may be covering him at different points during the game. What do you think of the matchup? I think when it comes to, I mean, each one covers differently, but each one excels at what they do. Like Deron Bland, for example, much more physical. Much He likes to play tighter in space, being your personal space, disrupt your time, and he loves the man coverage of the three players that you just named, whereas a guy like Diggs, uh, he can do man, but he's better as far as uh, being able to drop back, read, and react. And then Gilmore, he has the, the football IQ to just be able to do whatever needs to be done because he knows the route nine times out of ten that you're about to run before you come out of your break. So it's, just, it's a matter of... Um, who he's going to line up against Garrett Wilson, I'm speaking of. And then that's basically how the rep is going to end up going. So if you see him lined up in the slot for whatever reason and he's in that nickel against Deron Bland, you can expect to see some immediate disruption in the timing of that route because Deron Bland is going to get up there, he's going to jam him, he's going to hit him, get physical, and he's going to glue himself to his hip. Trevon Diggs, he'll hit and release so that he can play a little bit more in space so he can read where the quarterback's trying to throw the ball and then hopefully jump the route. Stephon Gilmore, he's going to play it midway where it's like he can press, but he's more comfortable allowing the first step to happen so that he can see what's if it's an inside or outside break and then his football IQ and his experience tells him this is what the route looks like it's going to happen so it'll be a fun matchup no matter who uh, he ends up going against Garrett Wilson does but in any of those situations albeit and I'll say it again Garrett Wilson is an exceptional talent when you look at the secondary particularly those three guys that you just talked about he's going to have his hands full my hope is that the the Jets don't run the ball and then make these corners have to play in the game when they on the edge, you know, that they have to come up, make a tackle, come up, make a tackle, come getting blocked, come up, make a tackle. You know, that that's that's wear and tear on you right there during a game. And so you almost have to play a separate game. I worry about the Jets, like I say, the run and then all of a sudden it's they go play action, and now Garrett Wilson's running by you because you're a little beat up from having to defend the run. But you're not, but you're, and you're not focusing because you're focusing on. Wait a minute, it's it's crack toss, it's it's you know just toss sweep. Oh, balls bounce to the outside. You can lull yourself into just playing. Got to play the run. Got to play the run. Got well, they just ran past me. You know, mm-hmm. you shouldn't be scared of Alan Lazard's speed. You shouldn't be scared of Randall Cobb's speed. Mm-hmm. But what you should be scared of is Garrett Wilson when his ability to run by you there. If, in fact, it turns into run, 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 pass. 
you know, that kind of thing, where all of a sudden now they're making you have to, they're taking you out of your game where you're so used to just running routes with the guy, covering the guy, covering the guy, covering the guy. Well, now the Jets make you play a physical side of the game, and you're now pushed into that role. That's the thing that would worry me a little bit about playing this, uh, you know, a plan. I, I think this game is really going to hinge on the Cowboys' offensive ability to score points. I know points wins games, but you put pressure on the Jets to have to score with you. Yes. It will be a it will be a problem for their offense. Make the scoreboard the twelfth defender. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say what I want to say because then you'll mess well, up now, my now, segment. Now, now no, no, because it. if I say it, I'm going to screw up one of the things that I'm going to do in the segment, Fair so I'm going to save it. Fair All right, we can save that. Um, talk about Quentin Williams. He is, in my opinion, maybe the best defender they have on their team, he and Sauce Gardner, uh, but certainly a force there on the defensive line. How do you expect him to line up? Where do you expect him to line up? And, and what do you expect the matchups to be uh, relative to the Cowboys' offensive line? Uh, and how does the Cowboy, how do the Cowboys rank there? Like How do they match up against Quentin Williams? Well, the Quentin Williams is, is problematic because the tackles you played last week were really heavy, just base kind of yep. defensive tackles. They, you know, they're straight-ahead players. There's not a lot of movement to them. It's more power than it is uh, movement. Quinnen Williams is the opposite of that. He is a big guy, but he also has the ability to play small. And when I mean play small is they play that wide technique. I talked about it in the breakdown. They call it a wide nine because of how the gaps are, uh, you know, within their, their ability. And they like to slant. They like to twist. They like to attack the shoulder. That's going to be the issues that when they spread you out like that, they create space as well, you know, with the, with the, with the offensive line. And then so what you have to do is you have to be ready for like a Quinnen Williams going up, up, playing on your shoulder and just getting upfield and just taking the gap. And then he'll go upfield and then work back to the ball real quick. So you've got to be ready to, to get over, to slide over. Zach Martin could be super comfortable. We've seen Zach Martin do this a hundred times. Jam with his right hand and then it sets the guy and then he jams with his left hand. That allows his body to get in place. We'll see if Adoga can be that guy. Adoga, he's got to play with his hands. Hands and feet have to work against Quinnen Williams. If you don't have hands and feet, he's going to beat you to the corner. He's going to work your shoulder, and then he's going to be in the backfield. Yeah. Everything he said, period, everything he said. Because and, Quinnen Williams is, in fact, more athletic than the defensive tackles that they went up against in New York yeah. uh, with the Giants. So, yeah, when you talk about the likelihood – that Tyler Smith won't be on the field. Uh, Chuma Idoga, it, it's going to be another big test for you, but a different type of test. Yeah, that's the point. Is that I don't, it's not I don't the same waste, test as last week. I don't. Yeah, because that played right into Adoga's hands when you right. watched him play. He right. could just sit down, sit down, play with right. power. This ain't that. I, I don't waste Quinn and Williams reps on Zach Martin. Yeah. If I'm the Jets, I, I'm like, no, no. Every time that Quinnen Williams is in there, he's going against Adoga. Agreed. I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. But Dallas has to take advantage of that too. The problem is on the other side, Quentin Jefferson's a pretty good player next to him. Mm -hmm. So you got to make sure. But you know, if you're Zach Martin, Zach Martin should be able to handle Quentin Jefferson. But on the other side, like I say, I am not, I am not putting any Qu Quinnen Williams reps on Martin because that's a wash right there. And you mm -hmm. probably have to, uh, at some point. At several points in the game, you'll probably see running backs helping on Quentin Williams as far as on that side of the ball, trying mm -hmm. to you know slow him down to give Dak some some time. But speaking of time, the fact that Dak Prescott had the quickest trigger in the league last week, 2.11 seconds from yeah. receipt to release, yeah. that bodes well for the Cowboys. And, you know, we asked 
Dak about it yesterday, and he just kind of smiled, and he was like, Texas Coast. That's the offense. Right, yeah. that's the offense. Mm-hmm. So that one way that the Cowboys are going to try to neutralize Quentin Williams and just the defensive line of the New York Jets is to get the ball out as quickly as possible. Well, you're also in a situation, too, that we two rookie corners with the Giants last week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You took advantage of guys that in really were inexperienced. The ball coming out quick is a great thing. These corners drive really well on the ball. Mm-hmm. You got, and like I said earlier, you've got to be sure if you're going to throw the ball. There is no hesitation. You got to, you got to read it and let it fly. Because if you hesitate for a second, you're going to allow these receivers to. I mean, excuse me, these these corners to play the ball either over the shoulder, around the back, drive in front of it. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure that if you're going to throw this thing quick. Be sure about it. Be accurate about it. And that puts the onus, and perfectly said, and that puts the onus on the opposite side of that as well. These receivers have to make sure yeah. that they get their timing, that they hit their spots, because if Dak sees it, he's throwing it, and he does what Brian says, that ball's coming, and you better be there to catch well, it. Well, that's the problem that Dak had with interceptions last year. It, it weren't. Exactly they, there right. were times where, exactly where right. Lamb didn't get inside. There was times when Schultz didn't get inside because there was hesitation of the way the coverages were being played. You know, guys jam them on the line. They don't get off the line. They're kind of off balance, and now the ball's in the air. And now you're dealing with problems. It's funny how our mood has changed, how differently it's changed when mentioning Chuma's name in a matchup compared to last week. Had this been Give him his this roses. week, we would have been – well, it's not funny. It's good. It's good it's that good. it does you would have been saying, "Oh no, we're we're screwed." Yeah, you, you you would have been saying that, Brian. But it's it's good to hear that he showed and was able to do something progression compared to what we saw at training he, camp, and that I now we're talking better. about matchups I like this better. where you can actually compete. When he better. plays in space, he's not as good a player. When you watch him play tackle, that's not his cup of tea. He said, "You think he's a guard? Put 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 him in that phone booth. Yeah, put him in that phone booth and and let him block. That's you know that's how you got to work it." All right, we will take our final break, and when we come back, Amber has a game for us. We'll see what that's all about. We'll be back in in just a minute. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment.
equipment, Gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Back to the break. Check out the latest and greatest addition to the tours at AT&T Stadium and the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on innovative fan experience. In partnership with AT&T, this interactive technology gives the tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions. For more information and to book your tour, visit DallasCowboys.com slash tours. Welcome back. Final segment of The Break Life from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. It's time for a little segment with Amber that she calls, Who's Behind That Voice? Mm. What you got? Yeah. So, winner and loser gets to take a shot. You guys get tequila. Brian, you get bourbon. Oh. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Is that what we're doing? Oh. I'm just kidding. Oh, we turned uh, it up. It is right. We turned uh, it Freaky up. Friday. <laughs> Yay. Hashtag Freaky Friday. Turn it up. No, but in this game, we're going <laughs> to... Turn it up. <laughs> we're going to listen to a voice, a player's voice, yep. and it's going to be muffled, and you guys are going to have to guess who it was. Patrick, you go last, because you're usually more inside the oh, locker room. <laughs> and then we'll listen and see the video of the player Responding to something else, and then we'll discuss. Okay. okay. All right. Let's do All right it. So let's go. Chris is going to be working pretty hard back there. So go ahead, Chris. Just a bunch of dogs. Just a bunch of dogs. So really not, not, not much to say about it. It's just a bunch of dogs. You see it on film. You turn the tape on from the top to the bottom. From the top to the bottom, we got guys that's, that's going to get after it. Brian. I was in the locker room for that one. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I was not. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that's Diggs. That's a good guess. But it's not Diggs. It's not Diggs. Yeah. Who is it? Jaron Curse. It's Jaron Curse. Let's see the clip. Play it, Chris. You know, we, we, just, we just got guys that get that gets after it. And a uh, huge shout-out to my young boy, uh, Marquise Bell. I am. I'm proud of him. I'm proud of him. Uh, you know, we, we, just, we just got guys that get that gets after it. And a uh, huge shout-out to my young boy, uh all right, and it is Jerem Curse. So points for you two. Um, wanted to talk about Marquise Marquise Bell. He's a yeah. guy that yeah. uh, we haven't really talked a whole lot about him. That before he was kind of that guy that was kind of on the line. Is he gonna be good enough? Is he not? And he's gotten to the point where he's showing some things to the point where you get a guy like Curse calling specifically his name out after a win, a big win. Uh, in the first week. So, Brian, I'll start with you and yeah. your thoughts of the progression and what Bell has shown so yeah, far. Yeah, and quickly, I know because this game is a lot of fun. Uh, the, the the thing I, th I really like about Bell is that he showed up in training camp, he showed up in the, in the preseason games, and he's carried it over to the games. Mm -hmm. The game does not look too big for him. Uh, he fits in a lot of different roles. He's a physical player. He's a finisher. Uh, I love what Dan Quinn's been able to do with him, that, that physical nature which he's able to play with. In, in love with Marquise Bell is doing, did in training camp, did in preseason. Like Brian said, it's rolling over to the regular season. But even more impressive is the fact that, I mean, for the most part, for what we saw in week one, he's being thrown into what we, what we can call the overshone package. Yeah. And he was thrown into that in a fairly short order. And now he's on the road in the rain, flying all over the place, leading the team in tackles. I mean, just a 
fantastic story for for a guy out of an HBCU when the narrative is that those kinds of players don't come out of HBCU. So I talked to Marquise a couple days ago in the locker room and I asked him, you know, what is his mindset as far as keeping this going? And he was like, keeping in mind before the game, he was like he was going willing to do anything and everything the Cowboys wanted him to do. He showed that. So I said, hey, fantastic game. How do you build on that? And he said, hey, at the end of the day, it's just me playing football. I love that mindset. That That's the dog that J-Ron is talking about. Mm-hmm. I will say this, and I, I feel bad for feeling like this, but I can't help after watching that game think, man, I really wanted to see DeMarvion overshone in that role. I think he would have Why did you feel so bad? You should not because, feel Well, the reason why I feel bad that. is because it doesn't dem- I— it, no, You feel but, like it diminishes I feel Marquise. it diminishes what Marquise was able to do. It diminishes what Wanye was able to do. Like, mm-hmm. they both played really great games, and they, they yeah. helped this defense. And so I don't want to take away from them, but that still is in the back of my mind. Yeah. Like, I really nice wish shirt, I could have seen— yeah. Hook him. I really <laughs> wish I could have seen Overshone this year in that role because I think no, he could have been outstanding in that role. I think both things are true. Yeah. I, I mean, we can be very impressed as we are with what Wanya and Marquise were able to do and still kind of wish we were able to see this year what Overshone would have done yeah. because, I mean, he just lit training cap on fire. But we'll see him in year two, um, and that I am really looking forward to. All right, let's listen to the second audio. That's for y'all to write, you know. The only thing we do is go out there and play the game, you know. So if y'all feel like the statement was made, go ahead and put them all on, you know, the front page, big letters, you know, bold letters, um, you know. But I definitely feel like we did our job, you know, to the maximum of our ability and uh, feel like we can still learn and get better from it. You know who that is? Yeah, absolutely. Who is it? Oh, do I have to guess? Oh, I thought you were going around the room. No, she said I'm last. She doesn't want us to do it first. Go ahead, guess. It was Marcus. It was Marcus Lawrence. It was Tank. Is it Tank? It was Tank. It is. I was thinking him or Hankins. It was kind of a yeah. Hankins kind of a little. Yeah, little, I, had a, little I could see yeah. that. I yeah. could see that. Yeah. But no, he was he was definitely like I like the part where he said, "Put it in big yeah, letters." That's what y'all want to put it out there for y'all to read. Put it in big letters. All right, let's see the video. Yeah game we're gonna make sure you know we get back in um clean up our mistakes oops that'll do that's him it was a quick clip (laughs) i don't know what happened with the clip but basically he's saying we're gonna go out there and not have a big we're not gonna get a big head right so back to what we were talking about a couple of days ago it's good to get veteran guys leaders Mm -hmm. like him kind of keeping yourself grounded and knowing let's move on to the next Opponent. All right, let's listen to the next audio. You ask me or you tell me? <laughs> you ask me. Or, oh, I feel like we're just going to continue to put it on display every week and then we're going to let y'all decide. I think I know who that is. <laughs> Derek's over here thinking. It was one of the defensive guys. I'm trying to remember who that was. I remember the quote. Was it Osa? <sighs> don't think so. I think that might have been. Secondary? I, I okay. got my guess. I, I think I know who it is. Malik Hooker. Go ahead. It's Trayvon. Yeah. Oh, that's Diggs. All right. Diggs. I was not thinking him. I was All right, let's watch the clip. Mike. You asked me, are we the best cornerback doing the league? What's your okay, that's better. Uh, I feel like we're just going to continue to put it on display every week. And- yeah, that was my man. Yeah. Nick's question, actually. Nick, uh, Nick Harris. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. I remember that moment. Do you guys feel that they are becoming him? With the combination of Gilmore becoming the best cornerback duo in the league, huge, I can yeah, huge upgrade over and nothing against Anthony Brown, but a huge upgrade over yeah. what they've done there. They've done it with the pass rush and then the ability for both their corners to mm-hmm. cover the, as well as they do and kick Bland in there as well. 
Yeah, I, I would th- there was a lot of personnel directors around the league that would love to have this secondary. Yeah. I said coming into the season, and I was not shy about it because I'm not shy about anything. I said that this duo was the best duo in the league, and you know some people kind of uh, pushed back on Twitter, and they were like, well, what about in Miami, Xavier Howard, Jalen Ramsey? Then, of course, Jalen Ramsey gets injured in August. He has to deal with that. Um, but I feel like as, as elite as Jalen Ramsey is, I wonder if he's on the back end of his career, whereas if you look at what Stephon Gilmore, for example, did in week one against the Giants, I still think think he's right there in that window of prime and then of course you know for a fact Trayvon Diggs is still prime De- Deron Bland hasn't even reached prime for him yet and he's already at elite status so even if you uh, remove Deron from it I think that that duo this duo here is in fact the best in the league I'll even take it a step further I agree with all that and I I would really focus in on the point of they are the best threesome in the league like yeah. I don't yeah. even think it's close if you start mm-hmm. seeing the, right. the top three if you look at everybody's top three and if you want to just get really crazy, you want to do the top four? <laughs> like, I think when you look at this it's secondary, nuts, dude, between the cornerbacks and the safeties, oh, not only are they good, they're good and they're deep. They're extremely yeah. deep. Yeah. And so that's the part to me that's that's even more important than saying they're the best duo in the league. This secondary is really good and they're very deep. And I don't think there's anybody that's close to them when you look at it from that standpoint. Nice Diggs uh, in the locker room had a kind of side exclusive talk with him. And I said, what's, what's, what do you think your message would be to those that saw that game as far as secondary, your ability to tackle, killing that narrative and everything? He said, don't throw the ball. <laughs> All right. There it is. All right, well, <laughs> keep tackling. Let's, can we do one last one? Let's do one, one more. Let's this do one last more. one, uh, it relates to the game this weekend, so let's listen to the final audio. No, they're D-line. I think that's the heart of the team right there. Uh, all four guys up front. And then they got depth, too. So, I mean, it's going to be a good challenge for us. But, man, we're up for it. So, I mean, they got to they gotta go through us, too. So, I think I know who that is. I do, but it's tip of the tongue. I, mm-hmm. I think it's Terrence Steele. Is it? That's got it. Yeah, Terrence Steele. Let's watch the clip. When you look at the uh-huh. similarities between the 49ers. I was, yeah, I was him. I was him. Uh, Smith. Yeah. Smith. Uh, did they come from like the same similar families of uh, coaching and stuff? So yes. basically, he's talking about the similarities between the defense uh, that the Jets. that they have yeah. now mm-hmm. versus the one they face with the 49ers. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to kind of bring back into the discussion as to. What are those similarities where now you're talking about every player here in the locker room mentioning this defense that is being compared to the ones that the 49ers have? And we know that that has been clearly a struggle for the Cowboys. I think they're a step below defensively in the front seven of what the 49ers do. I think think the linebackers of the Jets are good. I think the 49ers linebackers are really good. I think the power which the 49ers play up front, I think they physically beat you up. I think the Jets are more of a try and move mm-hmm. and get to the ball as where the 49ers are going to go through you to get to the ball. And I actually think the Jets have a better secondary. I was, I was about to say that. I think yeah. they have a better secondary. I think if you team. look at the linebacker unit, I think you, you could argue that it's a wash, but um, because you're talking about a guy like Fred Warner. Yeah, I, mean, I, I take Francisco, him all day. Uh, all day yeah. long. But you could argue that that's at least close to a wash. I'd give the edge on the defensive line to the San Francisco 49ers, but the edge in the secondary goes to the New York Jets. Yeah. Well, that I, that is Good definitely game. we went way over time. Game. Not, I love that one. That was we fun. still had that a couple fun. more, but that's that okay. Um, it's it's funny how the Jets 
have made a name for them, themselves and we're no longer kind of dismissing that team. Go ahead and Derek, let's get into predictions. All right, what we got? Let's you go. guys uh, got to tell me what you think is going to happen this weekend. Give me the prediction and the score. Brian, let's start with you today. I'm going to say the Cowboys. I think this is going to be – last week I picked a close game. I still think it's going to be a close game. I think defensively uh, it's going to be hard for the, the Jets to, uh, you know, to, to – to, I think there's going to be some times where you're going to get stopped along the way offensively. I'm going to go with the Cowboys are going to win this one 24 to 16. Mm. Okay. Um, I want to see scary hours again from the defense, and um, that's why I'm wearing my Friday the 13th cap. I want Jason Voorhees, Freddy Krueger, Chucky. I want I want everybody. <laughs> I want uh, I want it to be a horror movie for Zach Wilson, and I believe that it can be. Um, to that point, I don't know that the Jets offense can get going. I think the Cowboys do a very effective job at bottling up Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook, and everything just falls into place from there. Offensively, I do believe that they're going to get more on track as far as being the the meat of what happens on the scoreboard for the Cowboys. So I'm going, I don't think it'll be as close as many think. I'm going 24 for the Cowboys. They're still going to have some challenges going yeah. against that defense. But I think the Cowboys off, uh, defense shuts down Zach Wilson to the tune of six. I think they only get two field goals. So 24-6 Cowboys. Oh, uh, mine was kind of close. I'll, I'll be quick. I think Cowboys win 29-9. Uh, no, 27-9. Yeah, 27-9 like Cowboys. It. All right, and I also think the Cowboys win. I think it's a, a low-scoring game for the Jets. I also don't think it's a big scoring game for the Cowboys. I think it's a defensive battle. Yeah. Cowboys win 17-6 in a uh, otherwise pedestrian game. You move on to the next week. Real quick, though, we do have our pod picks. I want to ask you guys, who do you think will be the first receiving touchdown? Who will catch the first receiving touchdown for the Cowboys this weekend? I'm going CeeDee Lamb. Um, I think, you know, and we don't know if Cooks is going to play. We're optimistic that he will play. Um, But even if Cooks does play, I think it's going to be C.D. Lamb. I'm going to go with uh, Jace with uh, Ferguson. Yeah, we always think alike every time. Well, I, I went with Ferguson last week, <laughs> yeah. and he dropped. So I don't want to jinx him. I so. hear you. <laughs> I know, and I was just thinking, uh, it, a tight end is so easy to choose for a guy like Dak, you know. But um, man, I don't want to choose Ferguson again. But let's just call it a. I have to give you a name, huh? Yeah, yeah. You gotta give me a name. Yeah. You're choosing Ferguson too. I'm I don't want to choose the same Show thing. Do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've she seen might. crazy you go, things You can go hit or shot. That's not a bad one. Yeah. It's not, but yeah. I don't feel it. So, <laughs> so fair. You want a title, so schoolmaker. Um, just you can go with Ferguson. Let's we give can it all to Gallup. Let, let's let's oh, see. Gallup. Let's, okay. see, let's, let's see Gallup. Gallup's a little bit. Gallup. Ferguson right. for the two of us. All right. Appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back next week. We'll let you know what right and wrong for the Cowboys. Till then, for Patrick Walker, Brian Broaddus, Amber Garcia, I am Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!